What is up, everybody, and welcome to Wex Appeal Barbells, Beats, and Buffoonery. I am your host, Wex, and if you're like a lot of people, you've been asking, where have you been? And it's all good. We are back. We got a lot of shows lined up for you. Um, had to take a few weeks off to deal with some personal things here in the Wex household, but all is good. All is healthy, and uh, we're doing good. So we're going to get back to it. We're going to get back to weekly programs and get them out to you um, as quickly as possible this week we've got a lot of guests lined up actually that uh i'm super excited about what is going to happen on the show in fact just wrapped up in the this episode and my guest is a ton of fun and we're going to talk about that in a little bit but before we begin as always as you know this episode is brought to you by duke cannon supply company that's dukecannon.com Get there and get all your smell good needs for your hygiene so you can get hooked up with their soap, their beard oil, shampoo, you name it. They've got it. You know they do. Uh, they've got the uh, Duke Cannon lip balm, which is always in my pocket. My four-year-old is now obsessed with it. He doesn't even want anything else. He just wants the Duke Cannon lip balm. You've got the beard oil, the beard wash. I've got the the. B-A-B-O-S, the big-ass bar of soap. Um, oh, man, what else do we have? We've got the face wash, the face cream, you name it. We're smelling good. We're looking good here in the Wex Appeal household. So get over to DukeCannon.com. Use the promo code BBWEXFEB, so B-B-W-E-X-F-E-B for February. Get yourself hooked up with 10% off of your order. Do it today. Smell good. Look good. And do better. Um, also, Duke Cannon gives back to veterans. And that is one thing that I am super supportive of is our U.S. veterans and the work that they do for us to protect our freedom. And the shirt I'm actually wearing today, if you can see this and you're watching it on video, is Lift Heavy, Do Better. And I got the shirt actually from the Emilio Rivera Foundation. Uh, we There was an event this weekend to raise and support and uh, raise su support to bring awareness to the fact that too many of our veterans are losing their life to PTSD, su um, suicide, and as it says on the on the shirt, 22 in remembrance that 22 veterans per day lose the battle of depression and PTSD and commit suicide. And leave our world way too early. This particular foundation is called the Emilio Rivera Foundation. If you need more information, I'm going to put the the website in the in the notes um, on the podcast and on the YouTube. The link to go and support the Emilio Rivera Foundation .org. They did a big liftoff comp competition this week, uh, this weekend, raising funds to bring awareness to PTSD. And also, they are doing a scholarship in Emilio's name to help firefighters who are in the mentor program get into the Firefighter Academy and become firefighters. And I, it is an amazing foundation. I got to meet Emilio's brother. And, man, just great people. My brother, of course, being a Marine as well, it hits close to home. You know, they go... They see unspeakable evils overseas, 
and then they're expected to just come back and be normal. And it's okay not to be okay, but we want to get them help, and we want to bring awareness to that. So the Emilio Rivera Foundation.org, get over there, donate, and check out their page and all the things that they're doing. They're doing some amazing things for PTSD awareness and scholarships for Fire Academy. Okay, so today's episode, I didn't know what to think going into this episode. My guest today is Hunter McIntyre. If you know who Hunter McIntyre is or you've ever heard of him, you have two lines of thought. You either think the guy is a complete jerk and you don't like anything that he says or does, or you're like, dude's cool. I'm okay with it. Um, little backstory on him. He is a OCR racer, which is an obstacle course racer. He's the Spartan world champ for, uh, he, I mean, he was repeatedly the world champ for many years. He, you also could have seen him on uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin Broken Skull Ranch, where he, I believe, holds the record for the most consecutive weeks um, with the record on the obstacle course. Did amazing things there. He's traveled the world running races. Uh, he talks a little bit about that on, on the podcast. He is the High Rocks world champion currently. He also holds the record for High Rocks. Um, if you don't know what High Rocks is, it is a... I'm going to say it's a functional fitness but endurance competition, which involves running and all sorts of other things as well. Basically, they have eight events, and but the, each event, like there's no stop. You run a 1,000 meters, do an event, 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 eight events, 8,000 meters. So a, a buttload of cardio and strength components all put together. And just recently, they had the High Rocks World Championships. You can go on YouTube and watch it and and see Hunter at work doing his thing um, on that championship. And spoiler alert, he is the champ. He won the event and holds the record for the fastest time. And the High Rocks World Tour actually is the same event anywhere you go and do the High Rocks event. Uh, so whatever you know, wherever you go and sign up to do this, you're doing the same event that Hunter himself has done and many other athletes. Uh, but they took 12 of some of the most elite people all over the world and they put them on high rocks and in the world championship. You saw CrossFitters, you saw OCR racers, endurance racers, just all sorts of amazing athletes. And it was a really fun competition to watch. Um, you know, and they, they really did a really good job producing it and putting it on YouTube. So you can go check that out. Also, he um, competed on the Spartan Games, not like Spartan Race. I mean, it is the same people, Spartan Race, but there's a web series um, on YouTube as well called the Spartan Games, which is a really interesting watch, and we will go into a little bit more detail on how that whole thing transpired and the draw for bringing a whole bunch of elite athletes from different modalities into one competition and how awesome that is and how we would like to see more of it. Um, but you can go on YouTube. It's a four-part series for the Spartan Games. Go check it out and kind of see who this guy is. Now, he doesn't back away from a fight, and I love that about him. He will. He he talks a big game, and sometimes he backs it up. Sometimes he doesn't. That being the case, the sometimes he doesn't was um, he was an athlete in the CrossFit Games in 2019, and he was one of the only 
non-CrossFit athletes to ever compete at the CrossFit Games. And what I mean by that is CrossFit was not his number one thing, but because he was a champion in so many other things, he got a wildcard position, which stirred up a ton of controversy in the CrossFit community about whether or not he deserved to be there or not. Be that as it may, he was there, he competed, he didn't get cut in the first round, he ended up getting cut after the second event, but we talk a little bit more in detail about that as far as how he would have done in certain events and things like that. And it was just a really good conversation. And I'm going to be honest, I like the dude. He's a lot of fun to talk to, um, and he has no beef with anybody. But he will walk in your house, and he will talk the talk, and I will tell you he'll walk the walk. So, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, I'm going to turn it over to our interview today with Mr. Hunter McIntyre. We are live. So, Hunter, how are you doing, man? How, how are things going over there in California? It's good, dude. Um, it's interesting. Uh, you know, I live on top of a mountain. I... I'm a very social person, but I live in a very secluded place. So um, sometimes I'm partying all day long. Other times I'll, I'll I won't see soul for other than my roommate for probably three or four days. Yeah, and you've been back in Malibu how long now? Because I, I saw you moved back from Boulder. Um, I've lived in Malibu since 2011, so it's now been 10 years in okay. May, and I moved back in July just because COVID kind of kicked us in the pants yeah. with uh, the, our party house. Gotcha. Well, and you had posted a video, I think it was a couple days ago, and uh, just really, really blunt and honest about kind of how your 2020 has gone, and I really appreciated that. It was a, it was a good video to watch and, and listen to, so kind of Take us back through 2020, man. How is how had 2020 been? And I know it's it's affected everyone differently. And with someone like you, you do a lot of live, you know, in person events where you're out in the public and things like that. And all that got shut down. So where does that go for you? Um, it's interesting. Like I'd like to tell you guys. I mean, everything's okay. I have never been a person who's I, I never ride the, the cliff's edge. I always kind of keep myself a little bit safety and security. I came from a good family that taught me a lot about finances and building a business and being able to structure my life. So, you know, luckily I wasn't one of those kind of people that was a dollar in a dollar out. Like I, I was smart about it. But, you know, truth be told, you know, the year before I'd gone to the CrossFit Games, I'd gotten a lot of attention. I had a lot of sponsors. I, I got out of CrossFit, went back to competing and was just beating the shit out of everybody and was doing really mm -hmm. well. I was going and winning titles and, uh, you know, everything was just seen flush. It would be like as if you had just won the Super Bowl like Tom Brady did. Yeah. And all of a sudden the next year, football is gone and all the sponsors that were helping you out are gone. And now you've got like this whole family to feed. I don't have a whole family to feed, but I had a whole business that I had built where I have a manager, a camera guy, a finance guy, average, like just I had built this whole thing based off a certain kind of lifestyle. And I was like, holy crap. I live in two places. I have two cars. Yeah. I, was like, I was like, all of a sudden, like, you know, you're standing on this little rock and lava is all around you. Like there's nowhere to step and you have to basically make the space that you have 
work for you. So I just all of a sudden decided to take this little training. Like, you know, I had a, an apartment house and I had this little room that was probably maybe a third to 50 percent the size of my room here in Malibu. I had a bed and a beanbag chair and I would wake up at five in the morning and I would uh, kick out my girlfriend or whoever was around and I would just say it's me time and I would sit on this beanbag chair and I put a whiteboard right here and a calendar right here and I would look at my whiteboard and I wrote out my goals and then I would look at my calendar and I would I was like I have to create a whole new structure of winning because you can't win in competition anymore you need to all of a sudden create a lifestyle where you're winning every single day little wins and I'm the kind of person where every single time I have a win, it's like a log on a fire. So I created this momentum-based structure of how to win from home rather than win out, out there on the, on the competition floor. And I built a business called House, my training business, which has grown really big. I think we're over 400 athletes now that are reoccurring, and we have, we're selling guides. So we've got athletes all over the world. I work with them on a one-on-one level all the way up to just the subscription-based based on whatever your need, wants and needs are, like whether you like OCR, training for bodybuilding, or training to be kind of that pro-circuit athlete, um, sure. whether it be Spartan Race, High Rocks, CrossFit. Uh, and it was, it's been going really, really well. But I, I, I created this whole system of like what kind of post would get certain attention, was correlated with sales. Like it really became something I dove into. And, um, also like I realized it was probably one of the best times of my life to be able to finish the book that I had been writing for like two, three years at that point. Mm. So my days were spent waking up in the morning, uh, write for two or three hours, train for Murph for two hours, go back and do, um, you know, emails for a couple hours, train for another one to two hours and then eat and go to bed. And I did that for maybe three months straight uh before i left for murph and then from that point on like i think the reality really sunk in around july when i moved back to malibu and i realized i was like holy crap covid is really here like life is shut down on a big scale and it's global and i don't think any events are coming back because they canceled everything on me yeah and um i was actually set run my first spartan um last year so, and you know, a little background on me, I'm, I'm a level one CrossFit coach. So, you know, I'm a head coach at the box that I'm, that I'm at, um, done a lot of CrossFit competitions and I've done a lot of mud runs, but never jumped into Spartan. I like it, but I, my goal was I want to do, and, and I wanted to do a, a stadium. So I wanted to do Fenway. My nice. family's from Boston. Yeah. My family's from Boston. I was like, I want to go to Boston. I want to run Fenway and I want to do the Spartan stadium. I, I just think it'd be a blast. It's a good way to, you know, kind of jump in. Well, I and, see you got um, medals all over the wall. What the heck are those from? Yeah. So some some of them are just participation trophies. Um, yeah. I'm going to be honest. I'm, I'm, you know, some of them are CrossFit. I'm, I'm, I'm looking back here just to see what I got. Yeah. Um, one of them is a half marathon I ran. Nice. Um, ran the half marathon. And I was like, sweet. I never have to do this again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm good. I, I got my, I got, I got it off the bucket list. Um, I had wanted to run a full marathon and then I ran the half and realized I'm not a runner. This is just not my, you know, I'm, I'm five ten, two forty, 240 sitting right now. So, I mean, it's, I like the strength stuff, you know, it's just, this is my makeup. I do love running mud runs, but not competitively. I just, yeah. I just like to go be active and get out there and do it. 
Um, so the, a couple of them back there are Florida Rock, which is one that we used to have here in Florida, which was amazing. And then they decided that the cost was too high and decided to just do trail runs. Yeah. Um, take away the obstacles. And that was really what I was in for. You know, I wanted to run and then do some good obstacles. And so that's kind of, you know, was the thing behind going to uh, going to Spartan. I'd never done an official Spartan. So I signed up. And again, it was a thing kind of like this podcast. I talked about it for years and wanted to do it. And finally, both my brothers signed up and we were going to go to Boston. My, my older brother lives there and my younger brother's in North Carolina. And we were just going to do a bro trip, go up, do Spartan, uh, do the stadium. And then and then, you know, kind of mark it off the list. You'll still get it, dude. It's coming back. It, yeah. They've already told me that this year it's on. I signed up. They forwarded my registration to the next to the next year. They were nice enough to give me another race as well. So I'm definitely in to do it and, uh, and you know, starting to train, you know, kind of in that vein, a little bit more running, a little bit more cardio. But, um, yeah, I was signed up to do my first one, and 2020 happened and gone. So. <laughs> well, we all experience the same thing, dude. I, I figure – are you drinking whiskey? Uh, tequila. Terramana. That's savage. Yeah, That's ter- savage. Ter- Terramana tequila. Uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, shout out to him. <laughs> I was chewing tobacco, Stokers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's, it's an interesting year, and the whole year has been kind of flipped on its ass, but... Uh, I don't know, man. I'm more motivated than ever. I, I, I have complete control. I mean, I, I wrote to myself this year, my goal is to own everything that I do. I'm not going to give, I'm not going to give the power of my, my freedom and my opportunity away to businesses and cert, like, you know, opportunities that may not be there. And I don't have full control over. I've realized that just not that I, I, I am angry with any of the companies that I've ever worked with. I've, I've loved it. I've had the greatest opportunities in the world, but I had to learn that mm, all of that can end within seconds. All yeah. of it can end within seconds, which it already did happen to me twice in my career. And I, that's why I built my business. That's why I'm bringing events to my house here in Malibu. That's why I've started my own YouTube channel because I raced, like, I'll give you an example. I raced for Spartan Race since 2012 competitively. Yeah. And they filmed almost every single race that I went to, but you can't even find any of those races. You can't uh, find any of the content that I've done. If you did CrossFit since 2012, you'd probably have about 50 hours of footage of, of you in some kind of, whether it be on Netflix or any of this kind of stuff. So I'm starting my own, uh, basically, YouTube TV series, all this kind of shit. So... It's a very exciting year for me. Well, I think that's something CrossFit did well as far as the marketing side. And I know the whole uh, – I'm, I'm trying to think what year it all it imploded last year. All the you know changeover in ownership and firing all the media teams and all that sort of stuff. But I think up until 2018, they had done a really good job of building the brand visually. Um, similar – so – I'm going to kind of jump to Spartan for a second as far as the comparison here. I watched the YouTube series, the Spartan games that you were in. And I'm going to be honest. I, I watched it and wanted more. I was, I was upset that, you know, yeah, they built the drama and I got to watch the whole thing in about what, four hours. I think the time it was, but I totally would have tuned in live to watch those events go down. 
Yeah. Uh, now maybe you were there, so maybe it wasn't as exciting, you know, visually, you know, from a. It was from very. A- it was very exciting, dude. I mean, uh, every single race was always decided within, like, within less than a minute, and that's yeah. very rare in a lot of events. Like the first, the first Spartan uh, Cross event that we did, I lost by thirty seconds. Um, the next event that we did was the swim was 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 a really really tight race after first place. Yeah. Then the strongman competitions were were literally won by like seconds, and like it just kept on going on. Every single one of the events was so freaking intense. It actually is yeah. kind of sad that these stories didn't get to be told in their entirety. Yeah, and and, and like I said, I would have I would tune in to watch that. Like I would I would want to go and see that, like going to see the CrossFit Games, you know, and kind yeah. of seeing the whole the whole thing in entirety with commentary and the stories, and I mean just you would see certain parts of the event you're like well well, wait what happened there like yeah you know well what's you know okay i see you know hunters here well how'd he get there you know or okay why is he only 20 seconds behind this guy or why is he you know a minute and a half ahead of this guy you know like like what's going on to you know to to show it now they did a great job making a an entertaining series and something that you know you can sit down and watch and and kind of binge essentially but again i wanted more so i would love to see them you know kind of build that up to to something even more especially once we get past covid um really kind of expanding that because i liked seeing you i like seeing you know grant mccartney from ninja warrior you know i like seeing these people that you don't see in that type of environment competing on a stage all together i thought that was really cool yeah it was uh it was very interesting how they brought such an like a pool of athletes. I think the first time they really did that was uh, 2017 TMX. They were bringing like Harlem Globetrotters, Olympic rowers, CrossFit Games athletes, um, OCR athletes. It was really cool. And I think that's going to be continually be a very impressive, impressive platform. Like, you know, what they did at the Titan Games and stuff. Yeah. You have people from all different genres of athleticism. It's going to be interesting. Now, are you still shooting for Titan Games? I know. I would I, love the Titan Games, but they won't freaking let me in. I actually know I, the head ca- head of casting. His name's Peter, and it drives me nuts. Peter, if you listen to this, you did me dirty. Uh, first year they wanted me to go, and then I was like, I can't do this, guys. I, I just I I I saw what they did with um like one of my friends ended up getting put on Kevin Hart's show, which was kind of like a it was kind of like a joke show. I don't know if it was yeah. like Wipeout, and she was okay. a very professional athlete, and oh, it kind of yeah, was, yeah, yeah. I did. Yeah. See, I think it lasted like one season. Yeah. And I know. And I thought to myself, I was like, I don't want the chance of that happening again. And if you take those contracts, you you're signed into a piece of paperwork for years. Yeah. And you can't do anything. So the second year came around, they're like, we're not taking any professional athletes. Sorry, Hunter. Then all of a sudden, they hired every single professional athlete under the sun: CrossFit Games podium athletes, NBA yeah. players, all that kind of stuff. So I don't know why they're boxing me out. I mean, well, I know in, that I'm in all honesty. So I don't I wouldn't see you as the as one of the competitors that came on the show as much as one of the Titans. Yeah. You know, because I, I'm going to be honest, I was shocked at how bad their Titans were. Um, the only one that I think beat anybody was Joe Thomas. Uh, Is that the, a football player? The football player, the yeah. the Cleveland Browns lineman that lost like. 70 pounds shredded up and 
And the only reason he didn't lose or he didn't lose in the very first event is because Matt Chan, the CrossFit athlete, went and slipped up on the key and got beat by literally half a second. Yeah. Um, but he's the only one that did anything. Tyrone Woodley, the UFC fighter, got smashed. Um, Jesse Graff, uh, love her to death. She's awesome as a ninja, as a ninja, but in that format, just got thrashed. Um, Dude, I think you'd be surprised. Like the highest level athletes in the entire world tend to be very, very awkward in challenges that are not their predominant, like you know, sport. Yeah. Well, that's why I think some bringing someone like you in. I mean, obviously with the OCR background. I mean, it just plays right into it, you know, as far as everything that you've done. I think I think it'd be entertaining. So I'm still waiting for my call out. Dwayne, if there, Dwayne the Rock if Johnson listening. just doesn't want to see me mop up the floor. <laughs> I'm I'm for it. So which kind of leads me to to kind of the whole thing with with CrossFit. Um, so you came into the CrossFit Games. I was actually there at the at the um, 20 we're 2019. Right. Yeah. This whole last year is just a blur. Um, I was actually at the 2019 games um, volunteering, and I'm, I'm gonna be honest. So when you came on the scene with CrossFit, uh, there was a lot of hate. <laughs> um, Were you one of those people? I was not. I was actually not one of those people. I'm uh, I'm one of the type of people who, like, it, you walking into that, you are the underdog. It, just because it's not it's not necessarily and that's not a knock on you but it's not your profession no of course not you take any of those athletes you throw them on an ocr field okay you are now the the number one target and they're the underdog yeah so i was actually i was like you know what i want to see i want to see hunter do something and actually put some pressure and you know let's get it you know i you know i didn't know how far you could make it i didn't know at that point where your training was I wanted my opportunity. I just, I, I, I fell shy. My still to this day, my biggest weakness in CrossFit is walking on my hands and I just, I don't train it. I know yeah. it's unfortunate. It's stupid on my part. Like I actually did train it a fair amount in the gyms and then I never trained it on turf, but that's just like to show a rookie year, you make rookie mistakes. Yeah. So, and, and so I put it out to some of the people that follow me on, on the, on the Instagram and, and the podcast. So there were some questions as far as, you know, where are you in that? Are you are you wanting to make a comeback and and go back into the games? If, I would like to. Presented? I would love to compete at the games one more time before I retire from sports. But I just think it's too uncertain at this point with what the heck they're doing to actually put the amount of work in that it takes to be elite level CrossFitter. Like sure. for me right now, I can go out and I can spend a couple hours a day on the bike, and I can run in the mountains for a couple hours a day. I can go to the gym about three to four days a week. And I can be the number one guy at High Rocks, no questions asked. And it's something yeah. that I love to do in a way, a tr way I love to train. And I know that when the competition comes around, I just need to sharpen my axe a little bit and I'll be good to go. If I was going to participate at a high level in CrossFit, I would need to be in the gym for about five to six days a week, double sessions every single day. And I don't really know at this point when you'd actually be able to compete because like they just created a whole new structure. So sure. I'm just going to sit back and I'm going to watch. Like I've even talked to a couple of my friends who are high level CrossFitters and you can just tell like I, they're like, dude, I don't even know if you need to compete in the first part of the open. Like people are so unaware of what's really going to happen with this new structure. Yeah. And I know that they're doing their very best. And I think Eric Rose is doing a great job of trying to 
basically rebuild the brand and the business. But I think as a professional athlete who's turning 32 next month, um, I only have X amount of years to really dominate. And I like winning and I like, I like to compete for, for a chance to win in everything that I do. And I don't think I have a chance to win at this point, not only because I'm not prepared enough, but also because I don't think the structure like when I signed up and I really wanted to go to the CrossFit Games, I never knew that there was going to be a, a cut series introduced. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, by the time I really knew that I was going to the CrossFit Games, there was this cut cut series. And like even when I was at the CrossFit Games, we weren't supposed to be cut until the second day if you made it past the first workout. And then all, yeah. all of a sudden, la- like last minute, and everyone thinks I'm just I'm butthurt about Dave, uh, not doing well. Dave Castro out of nowhere introduced a second cut on the first day. They just, yeah. they're changing things and I'm not going to invest years of my career into something that's not my truest passion of the sport. It's just something that I like to always compete. Like next week, I'm going to fly out to Vermont to go wrestle against the wrestling coach that was judging us at the Spartan games. He was a 2008 okay. Olympian yeah. and I'm just going to go wrestle against him because why the fuck not? Yeah, that's, that's awesome. And that was one of the things with the Spartan games that I... You see all these events, but you never see anything head to head or like or like physical, like yeah. mano a mano. Um, yeah. I'm gonna get in a ring, we're gonna smash, and <laughs> we're gonna see who comes out. I yeah. love that was probably one of my favorite events of the of the whole entire series. Um, yeah. And it was funny to see the guys like um, and, and I'm their names are eluding me, but the the um, they're super small. They're the, yeah. the ultra runners who are just like, nah, I'm out. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm I got no shot in this. I'm yeah. just going to go ahead and take a knee. Um, but to see, you know, um, so who, and I'm trying to remember who you went against in the final. Was it the NFL, the NFL player? Yeah, it was the NFL player who outweighed me by like almost 30 pounds. Yeah. That was I mean, it was a clash and I, and I loved it. And harkens back to your, um, your, and I don't know if this is the original burst on the scene, um, but Stone Cold, Steve Austin, yep. the, uh, the Broken Skull Ranch. Like, I loved that series. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was completely underplayed um, as a as a series. I would have loved oh. to see like just. Dude, I've done so many crazy things, and I was just talking to my manager. We had a we had kind of like a meeting to kind of see what we're doing next. And I was like, dude, I don't get what the fuck's going on. Like, we were talking about comparatively. Like, like he was like, what's the name of the biggest CrossFitter? And I told him Matt Frazier and he goes, looks at him. He goes, wow, this dude almost has 3 million followers. And I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, yeah, I won just as many things as him and my sport respectively. And I've got 80,000 followers. So it's interesting how, how certain things in, in, in this arena of sport get attention, not to say that his sports, any better minds, any worse, whatever sure. this, that, or the other thing. I just think that it's really interesting. Like that's what's so cool about this modern day age of hybrid athletes is there's a million opportunities and you can be you can be the king in, in multiple multiple different arenas. I just focused on this one and, and he focused on that one. Yeah. Well, and and one of the things with with CrossFit, it has a kumbaya feel. Like everybody has to get along. Like the yeah. biggest the biggest controversy in the entire world was Matt Fraser and Rich Froning didn't agree. And, you know, and had a disagreement. It's like, oh, my gosh, everything is unraveling. Like, the two greatest CrossFitters of all time don't get along. Like, what is happening? Yeah. And it's, one, it's one thing you don't see in CrossFit 
and the conversation has actually come up recently about does CrossFit does CrossFit need a villain? And yeah. really, there's only two names that come up when they mention a villain for CrossFit, and it's Ricky Garrard and yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, are the, are the two guys, and one of them's juicing. Like, yeah. I mean, him and his brother. I mean, you can say what you want. Um, I hope he gets clean and comes back and does it, but he's always going to have a cloud over him. Like, yeah, he, he could the, come back at all, pass the test, but he's going to have a cloud. Like, yeah. But trust me, dude, if you gave me the opportunity, like I thought about inviting Ricky Garrard to my house to compete against me in a handful of competitions. I was like, listen, I'll fly you out here. Supposedly you're the other asshole in the sport. And I was like, I'll just crush you where you stand. Yeah. And I was like, we can do a couple basic movements. We'll do deadlift. We'll do row. We'll do run. We'll do pull-ups. We'll do push-ups. Just like some raw capacity things. Nothing yeah. that I'm any better at than you are and nothing any better you are better at than me. Like we're not going to take it so far into any spectrum that one of us is a clear disadvantage. Um, I would love no, nothing would make me happier than having the opportunity to compete against CrossFitters regularly. And I'm not a villain, but I certainly, I love to dominate people and tell them that I did it. And, yeah. um, that's why I kind of got in trouble at the Spartan games because listen, I've got no more beef against Aaron, but we certainly had a lot of beef going into it. And Was that, I the, bucket? Know how Was that I, the bucket incident? Yeah. And I'd let him know how I felt. And I, yeah. and I, I squashed him. He said he was, uh, I was washed up and I was not a good athlete anymore. And then when I was racing Spartan races that I was just, it was basically during an era where everybody sucked and I was like, okay. And then I just tore him a new one. And yeah. I just like, this is what it's like. Welcome to the jungle. And, uh, I would love to do that because I get a lot of people when I left the CrossFit games were like, yeah, bro. This is what happens when you show up, dude. But I was like, mm, I didn't really show up. Like, I got yeah. cut out before I got to really start dancing. Like, you know? Yeah. We did the two-step. I was like, I was ready to tango. Like, what I did, wanted to fuck shit up. What did you think about the other events from that game? <laughs> They're good, like, dude. Like, I'm not going to say. Like, if you put me in Mary, I would have been crushed. Mikowski yeah. even got crushed. If you put me in the rucksack, I could have won by two to five minutes. Yeah. Um, that sled push and the muscle ups, I would have done very well. Um, the swimming event, I would have done relatively well. I'm not the greatest swimmer, but I have a lot of capacity. And, mm -hmm. um, I can't remember what the rest of the events were, but there were certainly some things that I would have done really, really well at. Like I would have struggled to even gotten the first clean, the clean ladder. Yeah. You know, so I got some chances. Like, I got to do well in, like, the run and the rope climb. Like, yeah, climbing up ropes, it's not, like, my daily hobby. I sure. run. It's not a ton of running, but I got to run. And I'm not that great at snatches. Like, I actually probably, I think, missed, like, 8 to 11 snatches during the cross that event. Yeah. And um, I think I ended up finishing 35th or 45th place in that first event out of 150 people. So, like, I wasn't bad. But, no. I, and, yeah. and that's the thing. It, you have the capacity. You have the ability. Um, and like you said, there's a lot of specialized things in that sport yeah. where if you want to be the best in that in that sport, you know, there are certain things that you have to do. Just yeah. like yeah. like we've compared, you know, taking any of them out and putting them on a on a Spartan course. Yeah. They're going to they're going to get slaughtered because they don't train in that modality. Um, so kind of going into that um some of the things that some people have asked so what part of the games experience surprised you the most 
Um, what surprised me the most was how big of an orchestration it was. Like, it literally felt like that scene in um, Indiana Jones where, like, they open up that room where they, they're, they're, like, hiding the Ark, and there's just this endless rows of things being stored in this gigantic warehouse. Like, I went yeah. behind a curtain. We were in the warm-up area, and there were, it was football fields and football fields of size. And then I opened up a curtain, and there was football fields upon football fields of equipment behind that. And I was like, yeah. oh, my gosh. It was insane. <laughs> I- I was actually so so my role at the at the games that year was in the VIP the Madison Club and we were actually giving tours of the entire facility. Yeah. So we we took, you know, basically whoever was in the VIP club that signed up for their little tour, we would take them down on the down across the side of the field and then we would take them into the um athlete warm up area for the for the field. We yep. go back into the rogue area where they had all that just like you said, just football fields of, of equipment. Like like yeah. talk about a dream. Like you you walk in, it's like, oh my gosh, can I just take all this home? Um, then we go into the age group pavilion, we'd go into the athlete area and you know, they were very strict on you don't talk to anybody unless they talk to you. You know, they're in game mode and they're you know, this is their job and what they're doing and you don't talk to them. And which everybody was cool with that. Um, and we'd have a couple athletes, you know, kind of, you know, joke, you know, joke back and forth with us and, and, you know, say things as the tours would come through and have some fun. But yeah, it was, it's, it's quite a, it's quite an event <laughs> that they, that they put. It, it's insane, dude. I, I, I would say that they do it better than anybody else in our space. So good for them. Um, so one of the other questions, how did you make the, how did you make the transition from recreational athlete to pro? And, and like, what was the deciding factor to, to kind of put all the chips in and say, you know what, I want to do this for a living. I was, I'm writing a chapter on that right now in my book. Oh, nice. Yeah. It's called the mud run champ. I basically, um, I ran my first one in 2011 and I was just like, Wow. This is crazy. This is like everything I've ever wanted in my life. Like everything just seemed to come together between me, like the fun, like stupid shit I would do as a kid, climbing trees and building obstacles and forts in the backyard to running high level cross country to all of a sudden being like, this is everything I've ever wanted and worked for. And it's in a race. And I went home and I thought about it and I moved back to New York City from Malibu because I couldn't afford it. And I just sat there for months and I trained and I was like, I was trying to do modeling on the side. And I was just like, the modeling makes me feel empty and the training makes me feel alive. And I yeah. was just like, I, I, I have to go back to that. So I just started putting the work in. I started doing all the YouTube research and I told my family, I was like, I'm moving back to California and I'm going to go pursue being a professional runner. And no one fucking believed me, Nobody. <laughs> like, but my brother and my dad, decided to spot me a little bit of change to get things started like they bought a couple of hotels they bought a couple uh race entries mm-hmm. and within you know my second race my i remember the first race i ever did was in the summertime it was a long half marathon and i won it and then i went to warrior dash and i won it then i went to gladiator rock and run and i won it and now these are all things that don't have cash prizes and the professional circuit didn't really exist sure and then all of a sudden I went to Spartan race and I, I competed against Hobie Call, who was basically like the Matt Frazier, the Rich Froning at the time. 
and I ran okay. him to the, like I ran him shoulder to shoulder all the way to the finish line and I missed my spear and he went on to win it. And I okay. took third because the other guy passed me. And next thing you know, I was like, I just won like $150, $200. I was like, fuck yes. I was like, this is the start. Yeah. <laughs> and then all of a sudden I ran in Malibu and I took second place. And then all of a sudden I was in Vegas and for the next one in 2013 and I won it and Reebok was there and they're like we want to work with you and I had a pro contract within three races and I was just like, oh wow I was like this is it I was like we're taking off and it was like just out of nowhere sitting in the ocean and all of a sudden a wave comes up and you caught that thing into the beach out of nowhere like it was timing luck and hard work and I just I started going and I was number one and number two uh, number one through three at every single race for like the next two years. And it was just, it was crazy. Like then all of a sudden I stepped away from it because I got contacted by a television show and they're like, do you want to travel around the world doing the hardest races and we'll film you? I was like, yes, I do. <laughs> so then that's why, yeah, I took that show and I lost all my sponsors associated with it. Uh, lost Reebok, like everything kind of changed, but then I went back and I rebuilt it. Yeah. Did it again. And that, that's why, like, when I decided I want to do CrossFit, I was like, I've done this multiple times already. I was like, I could leave and I could build myself into something new and then I can always come back. And, like, that's kind of always been my journey. I was just like, I would look at things, I'd put the target on the wall, and then I'd go. Yeah. So, what, what was the hardest part as far as transitioning? Like, to what? Was it, like, was it, I mean, as far as, was it just deciding, okay, I'm going to do this and then just going into the training or was it, listen, I don't know where my next paycheck is going to come from. Like what was, what, what, what do you think the hardest challenge was in making that decision? Well, fortunately back then, dude, I didn't even own a car. I didn't barely have rent anywhere. So like every single movement was so lean. It was incredibly easy. Like if I tried to do that now, the amount of bills that I have going on and a company that I'm running with, like people who, depend on me to create success for this brand. Yeah. You could never do it. So back then it was a very different structure than it is now. Um, but similar mindset, like just pick something, study it, train for it, and then dominate it. Like that was it. Like that's the only choices you had. Yeah. And I'm not trying to pick things like NBA or NFL. Like I just know that that's not my strong suit. So I pick things that I know that I'm capable of doing and then I go for it. Yeah. And and I think people probably see that mentality and it doesn't jive with, you know, the general CrossFit people. Like there's a lot of people in the CrossFit space that 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 act and react the same way that you do as far as the focus, the the shit talking. It, like there's a lot of people in that space. But then when somebody goes and does it, they're like, oh, no, that guy's a guy's an a-hole, you know. No, like I me me personally – who I go into the gym and if my buddy beats me by five seconds, I'm pissed. And, but I'm, I mean, I'm not mad at him. I'm kind of mad at myself that I didn't push a little bit harder, but I'm going to, you know, when I beat him, I'm going to throw an elbow at him. You know, I'm going to tell him, yeah. you know, Hey, you know, got you this time. And I don't know the players know. last night, but if you're watching in the, uh, in the NFL championship, when that guy shut down one of the last passes, like he, he got a 15 yard penalty for, oh, yeah. for showboating. But I was like, yeah, dude, he did I was like, I was like, dude, 
you were at the NFL championship. It is the most important game of your career. Yeah. And you just shut down one of the best receivers in the game. I yeah. was like, you better be fucking jazzed up because if you're sleeping yeah. and acting all lazy and stuff, you're not going to be able to, you need to be let people know. I was like, I shut you down twice already. I'm going to shut you down yeah. five more fucking times. I was like, well, every single time the ball's in the air, it's my ball. Well, the backstory to that is Tyreek Hill, when he burns you, he'll throw up the peace sign at you. And he did that to him. And I, and I don't, I don't know the, the guy's name either, but he did that to him in the game during the season. Yeah. And they actually have a still picture of him running to the end zone, throwing up the peace sign in his face as he's running to the end zone. So when he shut him down, that's why he went up and threw the peace sign in his face. I was like, I think it's awesome. Yeah, um, that's that's exactly how I play it too, dude. You got it. That's that's what you got to aim for. One of one of the best, and we'll call it unsportsmanlike conduct penalties I've ever seen was actually um, of all people, Tim Tebow. Back in the championship game, I think it was against Oklahoma, and they were talking crap about him. And I think it was Oklahoma, and he went and just ran it down on somebody, and then did a gator chomp like right in somebody's face yeah. and got flagged. This is Tim Tebow. This is yeah. like, you know, the the you know the, the patron of the, of the football team. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, and he went and you know threw the chomp in. Yeah, I. I love it. I, I like that attitude. So it, it makes me laugh when people get so bent out of shape when you know, come dude, in there. I think our generation has gone soft. Like a lot of uh, America has been built on like rough and tumble attitudes. Like yeah. we stole our country back from the fish because that's what we thought. And, you know, we've always just been loud and wild people. And I don't know why there's just been this like, gigantic change in our population of just oversensitized emotions and i'm not saying you you shouldn't be able to be offended i'm just saying like yeah understand that like not everything needs to be taken as like a like a just a total jab at your you know your personal character like we're playing sports we grew up playing sports we grew up wrestling fighting our brothers and stuff we can bring that same kind of rowdy energy into our sports now even though we're adults let's keep the energy high now i've seen you in post interviews after the games also after spartan it seems like you still get along with all these dudes like you get in their face i don't have any enemies i mean yeah i don't have any enemies if i have an enemy i let it be known like i call people out all the time and and i end it there i'm not going to be the kind of person that lets um you go around and I talk shit behind your back. Like I'll tell you straight to your face that I have a problem with you. And then I'll either yeah. end it right there or we continue the feud. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's the thing that, that I actually appreciate probably the most about you is that I've seen so many things after the fact where, yeah, you'll get in there, you'll mix it up. But then at the end of the day, end of the day, like, so for instance, the most recent, um, and high rocks did a great job of playing it up. Um, you and Adam clink. Yeah. Um, they posted a video on their Instagram. You guys just essentially going at each other on separate cameras, but just going at each other. But at the end of the day, you guys are shaking hands, giving hugs, and and it looks like, anyways, that you guys are, are cool with each other. Yeah, we've and talked we, many times it, since, and we had a great we had a great experience together. Um, I think very highly of him. He's a very talented athlete. But I'm just, you know, they ribbed me when they came. I came to the CrossFit Games. I was like, dude. I was like, I'm just gonna let you know that you're a fat pig and you're in the wrong horse. Like you're you're the wrong horse for this race, dude. And I just yeah, 
Yeah, I, I, and so be it. Like, you know, if, if if I showed up to his arena, I'd hope you'd do the same exact thing and then stuff me because that's that's yeah. what you're doing. That's your purpose on this planet. You're a professional athlete. And and you're going after the 500, um, the 500 deadlift and five and uh, and mile under five, right? Yeah, the dude, five, we, did, we did that years ago. That that's that's cakewalk. So you've done it, or yeah, I did. I, dead, I mean, I, I deadlifted in the same day a 500 pound deadlift and a five minute mile. Uh, shit, like four years ago, almost now. Gotcha. 2017. The combining both of them together. Not to say to diminish anybody's uh, attempts, but I, I think I'll be able to do that next week. I'm going to do a heavy deadlift session. I might do it in two weeks because I have to go to that wrestling contest. Yeah. But um, I've got this guy, Alex Viata, uh, coming over to do a deadlift session with me. And we're both going to – we're just going to work up and pull 500 pounds this week, and then we'll go and do it in two weeks. I, w- I was happy I did an event yesterday. I haven't pulled a deadlift in a while, and I, I pulled 405. And I was, <laughs> I was super excited. I was, I, I was so happy. I, I, it was a three attempt. So you only had three attempts to, to put your max up and it was, um, max back squat, max, um, deadlift and max bench press. And, um, the one I was worried about was the deadlift. Cause I hadn't, I hadn't trained deadlift in a while and my max deadlift was 410. And, so first attempt, I put 305 on there, felt easy. I was like, okay, cool. They're like, okay, what do you want to do for your second? I'm like, 375. I'm like, really? Right. You're just gonna you're just gonna jump 70 pounds? I'm like, hell yeah, <laughs> we're gonna jump 70 pounds. Awesome. Picked that one up nice and easily, and uh, and then threw on you know threw it to 405, put it up, put it up pretty easy. Um, I probably could have gotten more if I had more attempts, but we only had the three attempts, and but I was I was happy. That's awesome, dude. Congrats. So, thank you. Um, so, you had talked about um, kind of transitioning. You know, you know, Father Time is kind of the the end all. It's it's gonna it catches up to everybody as far as what you're gonna do in the future. Yeah. Um, you know, what gives you the motivation now to keep racing, and what what would be your motivation after? Like, what is what are things that you want to do after the racing? racing career is over well i mean motivation right now is i just know the potential that i have as a human being and it would just bother me to have wasted any of it just because of how it gets hard let every single year (laughs) more and more athletes drop out that are my close friends and um building the schedule and like even though like races have grown some races have collapsed like it just gets a little bit more difficult every year even though it's a good life um but I keep my head up and I just say, you know, my grandfather was a really great athlete. And I know that, you know, it's, it's kind of just passing down the pipe of, I do really want to push on my family name of being one of the greatest and most dominant families in history. And I'll do my best as on behalf of being an athlete. My brothers and my father and my mother are doing their best on their behalf, whatever their respective uh, living is. And I recognize that, like I do really want to be a good father. So I don't want to be one of those guys who's got kids and is like torn between paying attention to their kids and paying attention to their, their sport. Sure. So when I put it down, I'm putting it down for real. Like mm-hmm. I'm still going to have fun, but I'm definitely not going to be putting in, you know, 15 to 25 hours of volume a week and sitting on the couch and eating, you know, 
I've already in the past hour and a half had two meals and I have to take a nap after this and then I have to go <laughs> wrestle after this and then yeah. I have to go to bed and ignore everybody after this. Uh, this girl that I've been dating, she just like sent me a DM. She's like, what's this post all about? Like, I just don't want to have to deal with that <laughs> shit. Like I want to delete my social media. Yeah. Uh, so like, I don't want to have to split hairs and split time. Yeah. And as I retire, um, writing, education and, uh, charitable work is probably going to be my focus. I would love to get into working with animals. I'd love to get into educating and working with the youth of uh troubled youth like how much was um much was like when i was younger mm-hmm. just take all the opportunities and capabilities of the audience that i've built and be able to use it to uh, empower other people rather than just myself i lo- i love that i i'm i'm all for for that that's that's awesome so i did do my research and uh so i have to ask what's the status of hunter's sweet sweet honey Oh, dude, everybody's <laughs> all about that. Everyone still asks me that. I really want to do it, and I started to do an internship uh, underneath this bee guy, and then I started to do the research, and truth be told, a lot of the honey companies that you see right now, they get their honey shipped in from other companies and then slap a label on it and then sell it as their own. I yeah. didn't want to do that. I wanted to raise bees and have a bee farm. And I may be at the point of being able to do that in the near future, but I tried to buy bees from multiple people and it just didn't end up working out. So there is no hunter sweet, sweet honey. I'm not, I'm part of a honey club right now. That's probably the best thing you're going to freaking get. Well, well, I know Jacob Hepner went and said that he bought the rights to the website. Yeah. Literally, <laughs> you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to buy the plot of land next to his and get a billboard that says Hunter Sweet Sweet Honey with about 10 million watts of electricity going through it because I'll have the financial ability and the <laughs> and and the wherewithal to outlast him and I will do that until he gives me my website back. <laughs> well, I mean, you could you could even set up a bee farm right next to it. <laughs> I 100% will. I know where he lives. You think there's, that guy's gonna get off? That guy's gonna get smart. off that you could train them to send one a day just to go over there and just give them a good sting. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> will. Let's... Give it back. Yeah. Oh man, that's 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 funny. Um. So what is so what does the future hold? I mean, I know 2020 being what it was and 2021 being a continuation. Currently, um, you know, what is what are you looking forward to this year? You, I know you said you're writing the book. Um. You know, when are when's that looking to come out? I'm having conversations with publishers now. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's say like rough draft version of it could be done by May or June. And I'm hoping to be like in the position where I should have been last year with it. But things changed so much. I kind of lost focus and I need to find ways of keeping myself financially sound rather than writing a book. Yeah. Um, so that will hopefully be up uh, race wise. If everything goes okay, I would like to set the High Rocks world record and win the world championship again in June. I may do the Invitational again on the 10th if it actually happens. Not to say that it won't. Not to say that it will. I don't know. I'm hoping in June that we have this shit together. Um, That will be the High Rocks world championship. I'm looking to set the 200-pound world record marathon, the Clydesdale division record at the Berlin Marathon in September. And then I want to go on to win the high uh, Spartan race world championships in December. 
that's all if things come together. If they happen. What um now who do you currently have the High Rocks record? I have the High Rocks record and I'm the current uh world title holder. Gotcha. Okay, yeah, because I watched and I watched that. That was that was fun to watch as well. Yeah, um, you know that that whole that whole event. And I, I again, it's bringing people from different modalities. I'm I'm all about that. Yeah. Um, seeing how different people are going to react under pressure, you know, under the different types of pressures, and you know, and as far as high rocks, I personally hadn't heard too much about it until I saw the world championship. So actually, my first exposure to it was watching um it was in it was in germany right yep hamburg yeah so that was my first exposure to seeing it so as i understand that's that event is the same event that they do everywhere so the same movements yeah um, it was it was different there because just because we had to do it on treadmills but it is done in an arena where you run around the actual stations okay it's done through a much bigger setup it's just uh, COVID kind of changed things a little bit, but typically arena, the centers, all the fitness stations, you go in one side, out the other, do two laps, come in, come out, go to your station. It's a very okay. big and insane orchestration. Gotcha. Yeah. Which do you prefer? Do you prefer the, the, the open track or? I track? hate those treadmills. <laughs> I, I, I feel so bad. I mean, they're good pieces of equipment, but I like running outside. I think people yeah. who love to run inside, you should use that piece of equipment that stuff, I mean, if you're training long distances and hard distances on it, dude, it's just, it is brutal. It is a different setup. Yeah. I've, I've run on one maybe twice, and it definitely takes some getting used to as far as, you know, just ha- figuring out how to not feel like you're going to fall off the thing or run off the thing. It's, it's, it's wild. Yeah, it's cool. I, I certainly, I have one at the house and I use it. But I'm telling you right now, if you're going to make me run on one for an hour, I'll lose my freaking mind. <laughs> awesome. So, I mean, Hunter, I mean, I, that's pretty much all the questions I have, man. Um, you know, I appreciate you coming on the show and, and you know, taking taking time out of your day to, you know, to kind of cut it up with me. And, and you know, like I, I think I said this in the in the messages, I'm like, you're never one to back down from, you know, questions and, and you know, kind of put it out there. So, is one of the things that I find in the sport refreshing yeah. that I wish, I wish there was more of, um, you know, so what, uh, i I guess this will be my last CrossFit related question. What, uh, what are your thoughts on, on Fraser hanging it up? I think it was smart. I, I, I did my, my research. And if you look at the majority of people that have been on the podium at the CrossFit games or close to it, they've had surgeries, they've had just completely damaged and re- wrecked bodies and um, you don't need to win many more than five titles especially back to back it's like what's the point at this anymore i'm sure he's financially sound enough to secure a lifestyle that's going to take care of him for the next you know 80 years of his life whatever how many years he lasts and you know respectively i'm sure he has other goals and aspirations like starting a family and getting to spend more time at home if you are a a world-class athlete you're putting in a work more work than anyone could imagine. If you're the number one in the world, you're probably putting in the most work and that's a lot of time. So good for him. Awesome. Anything. So tell people where they can find you. Let's, uh, you know, hit up the social medias and, and, and all that. So where, where can they find you? 
you type in Hunter McIntyre on social media, you'll find my uh, social media, Instagram, Facebook, all that kind of stuff. We have a great YouTube channel that's always putting out crazy good content. So type in Hunter McIntyre on YouTube for the most exciting stuff we got. Uh, if you're looking to find out how we train and what we're training for, uh, type in Hunter, uh, Hunter's Academy of Strength or House, H-A-O-S, uh, and House Training. That's it. You can shoot us emails at house training at Gmail. And we basically are just kind of building an empire. We're building a media team, a media company, and a fitness training company. And now we have a, a supplement company coming out too. So hard work, amazing things coming. And I'm looking forward to tearing it up. And if you're ever in my neighborhood, look me up. Absolutely, man. Well, Hunter, thank you so much. And uh, man, all the best for 2021 and, and you know, everything you got going on, uh, you know, going on this year and in the future. Awesome, dude. Shred. Talk to you soon. Okay, so I hope you enjoyed that interview. Go Instagram, hunt the sheriff. Uh, you can follow him on Instagram and all his exploits. Go to YouTube and check him out, all his adventures and things that he's got going on, and just get to know the guy. He He's, like I said, he was cool to talk to. He was a lot of fun. Uh, we had a good time. I hope you saw that, you know, that we had a, a good time as well. Like I said before, um, you know, you can go online and you can see the Spartan Games. You can watch the High Rocks um, World Championships. You can even go back and watch some of his Broken Skull, you know, things. He's got a lot of cool content out on uh on youtube right now so you can go check out a whole bunch of stuff and learn a little bit more about hunter mcintyre and uh and the things he has going on i'm sure it's gonna be a lot of fun he's got a book coming out uh, possibly sometime later this year maybe early next year but it'll be interesting to see what happens um with hunter and what he ends up doing and i'm i i for one regardless of what other people may think am excited to see what he does uh, because if nothing else, the man is entertaining. And, uh, you know, I hope he gets on the Titan Games. I think that would be a great place for him to uh, to go and mix it up with uh, with all those guys at Titan. That's going to pretty much do it for our show today. Um, as always, DukeCannon.com is a is a awesome place to go. Duke Cannon Supply Company. Get yourself hooked up with some of the best toiletries out there. And I say toiletries, but man stuff. Soaps, beard wash, face wash, creams, all, anything you need to make yourself look good and smell good, it is there at DukeCannon.com. They've got all sorts of cool different gifts and, and sets. I've sent stuff to my brothers. I've sent things to guests. I, I mean, I've sent Duke Cannon to everybody. Uh, my wife is actually, you know, was laughing. Oh, it's another order of Duke Cannon. So I got Duke Cannon everything. Um, even my four-year-old's addicted to the stuff um, when it comes to the lip balm, that giant lip lip balm, which I didn't have with me, but it's in the house. It's good stuff. Go to DukeCannon.com. Use the promo code BBWEXFEB for February, BBWEXFEB, and get yourself 10% off of your order. And I believe right now if you do, and I think over $30, you get free shipping as well. So, man, get yourself hooked up. Look good. Smell good. Lift heavy. Do better. Y'all have a great week, and we will see you very soon with some amazing new interviews that are coming up um, with some, some awesome guests. Y'all have a great one. Peace. <laughs>